Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Run on Thought Podcast. This is such a special episode because it is the first episode that I am having a guest on the podcast, which is so exciting. It's such a step forward. And it is the one and only <laughs> Jess Pigeon, my former teammate and my bestie. Um, as soon as I was ready to have guests on this podcast, I texted Jess immediately because she has such a unique story and I believe that it needs to be heard by everybody. I have learned so much from Jess, so I can't wait for you all to hear from her today. And I can't wait to give Jess the opportunity to share all about her journey with her health throughout her college running career and up until now. She is currently still going through it, but I think that it's going to be really helpful for the listeners because it's going to be super raw and honest. Jess, you are truly one of the strongest people that I know, so I'm so excited to have you on. Welcome to Run On Thought. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and honored to be the first guest. Oh, of course. Literally, (laughs) like I said, I was like, it wasn't even a thought who I was going to have on. Um, So I'm going to just give the listeners a little backstory on your story um, and just like what's going to be talked about, I guess. Um, And then I'll let you tell your story in full. But so Jess came onto the team as a freshman and like me, she started as one of our top runners and she progressed a lot throughout freshman year, but faced some challenges that I'll let her speak on. And then by sophomore year spring, she set the school record in the 10,000 meters, which is absolutely crazy. And what was the time? 3508. (laughs) Shit. Okay. I (laughs) literally still to this day, I don't even know what a good 10K time is, but the fact that it was the school record must have been really fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was the first 10K she had ever run. So that's insane. Um, But basically, by the beginning of junior year, she developed overtraining syndrome, which we're going to talk more about, and some other symptoms that started impacting her ability to train and perform the way she was previously able to. After a long fight for her health and battling her body and mind, she decided to medically retire going into her senior year. The unique thing about Jess's story is that she never got a physical injury in college. Her injury was quote-unquote invisible, which we'll talk about. But I think this is so important to talk about because I know, Jess, you've felt so invalidated at times throughout this journey. And I'm sure there's so many other people who are going to be able to relate to the position you were in, not getting answers and trying to figure out your diagnosis. So I'm so excited for you to share. Okay, so that was the background, Um, but Jess, can you kind of walk us through your timeline, when things started, and kind of give us a little summary of your collegiate running experience? Yeah, that was a really good short summary, I feel like, because it has been a really long journey, so I can fill in um, some of the details, but also I'll try to keep it brief um, so that we can get into some of the deeper topics. No, dive in. Okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, basically, 
my middle and high school, I started running in seventh grade um, when I didn't make the soccer team. They told me to try cross country because <laughs> they couldn't cut me um, and get in shape and try to come back next year and try out again, which um, I always say is ironic because then, of course, I never went back to soccer. Um, but yeah, I tried cross country and did it seventh and eighth grade and then all throughout high school. And um, looking back, I feel like I didn't know anything about running at that point. I was just kind of doing it, um, you know, as part of school as a fun thing. Um, I definitely would stress myself out and get nervous about races, but it was nothing um, like competing at the college level. I think that's a whole new game. Um, and a lot of people don't realize what's coming with that transition. And I was definitely one of those people. So yeah, um, we could do a whole nother episode <laughs> on that transition to college. Yeah, oh. we could do an episode on like so many things. Um, we were yeah, so, so naive. <laughs> literally, um, which isn't always a bad thing. I think that's part yeah. of why um, we were so successful for a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I went into college um, just wanting to follow the training plan that I was given and kind of dive right in. Um, of course, I think everyone competing in a college sport has big dreams and um goals that they set for themselves. So I wanted to be able to run, you know, up alongside um, the incredible teammates that I had and really put a lot of effort and time into my training. Um, and again, I think there's a fine balance to be found with that. So I think I devoted, um, you know, too much time and energy to trying to be perfect in running and trying to absorb everything around me and do what everyone else was doing in terms of training and fueling and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And I was really, um, I don't know what the word is, like not aware of the dangerous culture um, that can exist in not only collegiate sports, but also just in college in general. You have girls who are walking around like you know, trying to just eat salads and like trying to work out all the time. And that's really dangerous, especially for like an athlete. Um, when mm -hmm. you're upping your training a ton, you have like these crazy energy demands and you also need to like be prioritizing recovery so much more. Um, so yeah, yeah, I did really well, um, kind of in the beginning and then throughout the winter, but then I really noticed um, I started to struggle with a lot of fatigue and um, I definitely lost a lot of weight and um, just a lot of signs of reds, um, which at the time I didn't know was a thing. And I think you did a podcast episode a little bit um, ago discussing relative energy deficiency in sports. Yeah, so. I've touched on it, but we can definitely talk about it more. Yeah, keep so going. I won't dive too much into it, but basically at its core, um, when you're in an energy deficit, so you're expending more calories than you're taking in, um, you might start to lose weight, you might not, but signs um, that you might be developing reds would be losing your period if you're a female, um, feeling really fatigued, it can impact like your sleep, um, your hormones, so many different systems, your GI system. Um, and a lot of these things were starting to pop up for me. But again, at the time, I was not really aware of what was going on with my body. And I thought, oh, I'm just tired from training or, oh, I'm just tired from adjusting to college and 
all this stuff. So I kind of made excuses. Um, but the thing that really woke me up and made me reach out um, to our dietitian at school for help was my period went missing. So I came to school um, in August of 2019 and my last period was July of 2019. So as soon as I got to college um, and started training more and you know, adjusting to that life, I lost my period. And after a couple months in like January, I was like, okay, I know this isn't a good thing. And I really want to commit to getting this back. So started meeting with a dietitian and, you know, working on fueling and really learning about my energy demands. Um, and honestly, it was crazy to me because the amount of exercise that we were doing, like I was not eating nearly enough. Mm -hmm. um, support that. So that was really my, I guess, kind of like first wake up call, um, to the fueling side of things. Um, so I committed to that and was really doing well, you know, kind of trying to get back on track and then COVID hit. Um, and as we all know, that just kind of turned the world upside down. So when I went home, um, you know, we all had a lot going on and, we were only interacting with our families and I kind of lost touch with the commitment to fueling that I had made because, um, you know, I was around my family and they weren't running 40 miles a week. Like I was, they weren't, you know, lifting on the side, they weren't doing all this stuff. Um, so eating meals with them and everything definitely wasn't going to cut it for me. But again, that's on me. I wasn't, you know, committing to what I knew I needed. Um, so yeah, I definitely struggled kind of that spring semester while we were at home and developed more and more symptoms of reds at that time. So the fatigue got way worse. Um, you know, the trouble sleeping, GI issues, stuff like that. Um, and I ended up going to a doctor that summer and officially getting diagnosed with relative energy deficiency in sport. Um, and I was diagnosed based on a couple of things like my missing periods um, and like abnormal labs, which are typical um, of people in an energy deficit. And that was a real wake up call to me that I needed to get back on track because my body was quite literally shutting down. Um, so that was actually the true turning point for me, seeing those lab results and hearing, um, you know, that diagnosis. So that yeah. summer, it's I... crazy. Quick interjection. It's yeah, crazy yeah. how like it just like people don't always accept that. Like they know that those symptoms are happening, but it takes like actually like like nobody will like. I just applaud you for taking your um health into your own hands and like going and seeing somebody and seeking out help because I think for a lot of people like they choose not to recognize that those things are a problem and just like are like oh well let me just go along with like this whole entire culture and just be like like okay this is this is normal I'm fine and just assume they're okay um, but then suddenly you're hitting that, like that tipping point where it's just like completely unsustainable and like, it doesn't feel real until you like have the lab values, the doctors diagnosing you with this. And then you're like, oh shit, like I have a problem that I need to fix, but it's kind of sad that it escalate has to escalate to that. 
Yeah, no, definitely. And I think for me, a big wake up call, unfortunately, like for many people, um, was when my training started to suffer because it's exactly. so easy. Exactly. So we want to like ignore the symptoms until either training starts to absolutely suck or in my case, I got injured. So it's like we always wait till it's too late, but there's so many warning signs. Yeah. And I'm really lucky. I feel like um, to have read up on some resources and realized that missing my period was dangerous and had yeah. like bone density effects because but that's some always people something think that's normal. Yeah, luckily, um, I think it was actually my dietitian that introduced me to kind of that concept and like the warning signs about that. So pretty early on, um, you know, into my freshman year, I was aware of that and really committed to wanting to get it back. So I think in the end, I ultimately never had any bone density issues. Um, mm-hmm. Thank goodness. But I think that yeah. really helped me, um, whereas a lot of other people aren't so lucky with that. Yeah. Um But yeah, so that summer, um, we were still kind of in lockdown. So it was a really good time for me to commit to this. And now like, having had my mom at the doctor with me, like she understood, okay, this is actually something serious. And like, we need to, you know, be on top of this. So she really helped me, you know, getting extra groceries and making really filling meals and everything like that. So that summer, um, I committed to fueling 100%. Um, and started to notice almost instant improvements in my training. Like I started adding, I know it was like magic. I started adding more to my breakfast before runs and I was like, oh my gosh, I can run up this hill that I couldn't, (laughs) um, which I know sounds like so small, but if you're a runner, you know, like feeling like able to do something that you weren't able to do is so powerful. Um, mm-hmm. that really sold me on, you know, the whole, okay, we need more fuel. Like I feel way better when I'm feeling better. Like this is something I'm going to commit to. Um, so yeah, that whole summer really focused on, you know, balancing, doing less training. I cut back on my training and increased my fueling. And like I said, I started to see improvements and that just kind of continued almost all the way through um, sophomore year and kind of culminating in that 10K. Um, still mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite races, not even just because of the record, but just because of how I felt. I just felt really smooth and strong and like back to kind of that old Jess that I knew um, oh, and was really- tear going down <laughs> my face. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's okay. But yeah, just like back okay. to my old self. It is. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so yeah, that was like a really, it kind of was a culminating moment because it was like, okay, all of the hard work and all of like the mental and physical battles you've been through in the past mm-hmm. like year, year and a half have been worth it because now, you know, I thought I was over it. Um, I still didn't have my period at that point, but I was told continuously by um, doctors and other people in my life, like, oh, it'll it'll catch up. It'll come back. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but deep down, I was always kind of worried about the bone density thing because I had never had um, a DEXA scan. So I had no idea what my bone density was, if I had impacts of underfueling. Um, but yeah. again, everyone around me was kind of like, you're fine. And I was performing well. So again, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, I am fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at the time I was, uh, and then that summer, because I had had such a good year, 
um, me and my coach and like everyone had talked and said, okay, it's time we're ready to kind of up your training. You know, if you're going to be competitive at the collegiate level, the D1 level in the 10K and in cross country, you can't be doing the super low mileage <laughs> that you're doing um, at yeah, this can time. We, let's put that, that can't in quotes though, because that's kind of just yeah. like the idea that you – oh, you can't run, you know, this lo- like a long distance race without super, super high mileage. Like it's a cookie cutter recipe, but it's not, <laughs> which we yeah. learned. We yeah. learned, but yeah, I feel like that race for you just like opened the door to like so much potential for you and just like, oh shit, like she's she could compete at like the highest level here. So like I feel like coach just like wanted to push you like kind of as far as you could go. Yeah. And it was totally me too. Like I had a great coach. We had a great relationship and yeah, I really wanted to get to that level. Um, And I think, you know, being kind of in the sense that, Oh, I'm good now. Like I'm feeling well again. I'm, you know, at a healthy weight now, like everything's working properly. Um, I genuinely thought I was ready to take on a little bit more, But again, being with um, kind of how sensitive my body had been in the past, we decided that I was going to cross train a lot um, in place of running so many miles. So I'm not going to give like numbers of, you know, hours or miles that I was running, but I was definitely doing significantly more volume um, on a weekly basis than I had honestly ever in my life. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I was in the mindset that, you know, I'm healthy now, I'm ready, this is going to make me stronger. And that whole summer, I felt pretty tired. But I always kind of wrote it off as, oh, it's summer, like, this is the building phase, I'm not supposed to be in shape yet. Um, You know, it's all, it's all going to make me better in the end. This is just an adaptation phase. And I believe that for pretty much the whole summer. Um, But again, kept like, I was just feeling really tired and really dead and kind of knew something was off, still didn't have a period at that point and was becoming really frustrated. Um, Just again, because I knew about the importance of the period. I was like, why can't I get one? Like, what is wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Um, Still was really on top of the fueling and everything. So I was just a little confused. But again, in the moment, you just write it off. You're like, things will work out. Things will work out. Um, And it really wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't until I got back to school. So going into junior year um, in August that I really realized something was off because I wasn't able to keep up with my teammates in workouts. I wasn't able to finish workouts. I just felt completely dead. I felt so like aerobically fit because I had been doing all this cross training and all this running, but my legs just wouldn't move. Um, so that whole kind of fall, I had like my iron checked, I met with the dietitian, everyone was like, nope, everything's fine. Like, you're doing everything right. Like, we can't really find anything wrong with you. Um, but deep down, like, I knew I was not okay. Like, I did not feel right. And I couldn't hearing from everybody else that, oh, your labs look great. Like everything, all of our assessments look fine. You probably were like completely gaslighting yourself. Like, well, I'm still feeling like complete shit, but I guess I'm supposed to be okay. So then you just like push even further. 
Yeah, no, exactly. So that was definitely something that happened because I started to like try to push myself harder in workouts and, you know, try to cross train more, do whatever. And that only made it worse. And I, the more I tried to explain that, the more frustrated I got because I just felt like it didn't add up and therefore it wasn't real, which is not true. Um, So yeah, I kind of had a battle like back and forth that whole fall, whole cross country season. I ended up taking like lowering my cross training, lowering my mileage, cutting workouts in half, um, which was really hard. Everything. Yeah. Which I'm like remembering this time again. Yeah. And it was really hard because it was like I had put in this whole summer of, you know, waking up early before work to go train, cross training after work, like all this stuff for this outcome that I was hoping and it just was crumbling before me like I could barely get uh, through a workout um so yeah it be so emotional <laughs> I know um so yeah I ended up taking like a week and a half off in the middle of cross-country season it was just like a whole mess like looking back I'm like oh yeah. my goodness it's like what was that Such fall for mess. me um and at that time like I started developing um pretty severe like GI issues I stopped sleeping um okay so this is like when all those symptoms started yeah so all of like the kind of persistent symptoms for the past couple years started really like that fall semester of junior year um so yeah wasn't sleeping tons of GI issues just overall like mentally was not feeling great because I felt like I kept trying to explain what I was feeling physically to people like all around me and they just weren't understanding it and I couldn't like properly convey what was going on inside my body because on the outside I looked fine but on the inside I knew I wasn't and kind of like you were saying before like when I was told oh your iron's normal or you're feeling fine like I almost felt like oh my gosh am I crazy like what's wrong with me I just can't do it like I'm mentally weak Um, and it took me a while to come out of that and realize like, no, this is a real thing. Um, and really own up to like, no, this is my body and I know what's going on in it. Um, but yeah, that fall was definitely really hard for me. And then fast forward a little bit to the winter. Um, I did end up finishing out cross country season, um, kind of hanging on by a thread, but then as winter came, um, I really hit a point where I could barely like get through easy runs. Like workouts were not going well at all. And easy runs became like so hard for me. So that was, um, when I decided to kind of do some more research and thought that I still had REDS at that point, relative energy deficiency, um, because a lot of the symptoms were kind of in line with REDS. So I went to a doctor and kind of was told, yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, The only way to heal from that, which like I had kind of figured out on my own and the doctor confirmed was to take rest because at this point it wasn't a dietary thing um it wasn't like an overtraining type of like too much mileage it was really just my body being burnt out from kind of everything it had been through um so they basically told me though I was gonna have to decide when to take that break because again I wasn't visibly injured there was no fracture there was no broken bone it was just 
my body was really tired was kind of what it was like caked up to be when in reality it was like literally exhausted and shutting down um so I ended up uh being referred to a specialist in relative energy deficiency who did like a whole workup for that and did like a bone density scan and everything and told me that my bone density was fine which was really reassuring um just because like I said I was always scared of that I didn't that was like a big unknown for me and seeing you know like Jess and some of our teammates go through a lot of like stress fractures I was always terrified of that yeah just because of my past you know with underfueling and kind of being so ignorant Um, but yeah, so that was good to hear, but again, it wasn't an answer, like not that I wanted to, you know, still have clear signs of reds, but I wanted something because I knew I didn't feel right. So, um, that doctor basically told me to take three weeks off. Um, and at that point I was like, oh, I had kind of been told it would be more like three months. So hearing three weeks was really reassuring for me. And I was like all for it. Um, so I took three weeks off and the most ironic thing is that like a week into that three week break, like full rest from exercise, I got my period for the first time in two and a half years. The Um, body is crazy. It's absolutely insane. And at that point, that really confirmed to me that I had been doing the work, you know, with fueling and with tapering back on my training and really taking that rest it was just my body needed that full like unconditional permission basically like prescription to rest to feel safe enough to have a period on its own um so that was really reassuring to me and gave me a lot of hope because it showed me like okay I'm on the right track like I have put in the work like I'm gonna come out of this um and I really thought that that three weeks was going to do it. Um, And unfortunately, it didn't, um, as we all know. But basically, after that three weeks, I started doing a return to run program that was super duper slow, really easing back into it. Um, At that point, I was hoping to come back kind of fully in the summer and then have like a normal senior year. Um, So I had already kind of committed to using that spring as a rebuilding phase, ease really slowly back into training. Um, but yeah, in the end, like I started going back into training and it didn't feel good. Like I felt like all of the same symptoms that I had been feeling before I took the break. And that was really frustrating. My GI stuff was still really bad, my sleep, and I kept having appointments with different specialists and trying to figure this out and kept getting the same answer. Like, we don't know what's wrong with you. Like, basically being made to feel like it was in my head, which was so frustrating because I had this like extreme bloating at this point, like really bad GI distress, Um, Mm -hmm. felt horrible when I was running, even just like when I was walking around, wasn't sleeping. And I was like, these things are not normal. But again, like nothing was blatantly obvious. So I was kind of like made to feel like it was in my head, which was frustrating. Yeah. And it's, it was like, it was subtle things that were like accumulating to like really impact your day-to-day life. And I feel like sometimes people do this with like even subtle pain and these subtle symptoms, whether they're like 
bodily like symptoms or like something like internally or whether it's like physical pain like it's so easy to just like ignore and just like keep pushing through and convincing yourself you're you're fine but like the confusing point is like when is the point to like escalate and advocate for yourself and be like no I am not okay and like somebody needs to figure out something for me um especially in your case but I think it's important that people also like have a voice in like and like speak up about even just a minor physical pain because it can amount to the same amount of like shit that you went through it can be the same but yeah yeah and I think a lot of times like we're really scared to speak up because we know that maybe like exercise is going to be taken away again or you're going to be told to rest more or restart the process um if you speak up and say like hey I'm not okay or hey I have this pain um but what I have always been told is kind of a mature perspective that I have is this long-term health perspective. So while I was going through all of this, um, I knew my body wasn't right, but I wasn't concerned. Of course, I wanted to get back to running. I wanted to get back to training, but I was more concerned about my life 10, 20, 30 years down the line. And that's why I kept fighting so hard for this was like, I don't want to mess up my body permanently. So um, I ended up taking another complete month off of exercise after I had been through like seven weeks of the return to run program, um, which at that point was really hard because it was like, I had been so hopeful that that was going to be the end of it. And now here I am basically restarting the process. But again, it was for my long-term health and I was able to see through that and really had this idea that I was going to have all summer still to come back and train and get in shape and have a good senior year, like a fully healthy senior year. Um, so again, I took the month off, did no exercise, and then spent that whole summer, you know, trying to get back in shape, but still dealing with a lot of health issues. So I won't go too deep into it, but same kind of nagging symptoms, seeing specialist after specialist, like doing all these tests and chasing down, oh, maybe you have this, maybe you have that. And then everything just coming back normal Um, and really being told like, oh, are you just depressed or, oh, is it in your head? Like when I knew it wasn't, like I definitely had mental health struggles at this point from a lot of the physical stuff that I'd been through, just making me feel, you know, like crazy and just frustrated. So I wasn't denying that, but I was really sick of being told like, oh, it's all mental. Like if you get like all that stuff under control like your physical body will get better um so yeah that was a really hard like balancing act of trying to advocate for myself and also you know get back into training and all that stuff but again I was just really seeing running as something um that was a privilege at that point to be able to do it um and train and you know get back into competing I was really looking forward to being with my team again and being back into that so I went back to school senior year um, and did compete cross-country season it wasn't great but it was definitely just a season of being appreciative and happy to be out there Um, I was able to finish out our 
my last cross country race of my career on our home course um, when we hosted the conference meet. So that was really special. And that actually ended up being my last race of college. So um, I didn't know at the time, but that's a really special one to go out on. And I remember running that race just full of joy and like appreciation. I was nowhere near the top 10 finish I had had two years before a year Mm -hmm. before. Um, But yeah, Yeah. I was just really happy to be out there. So like that race where you finished top 10 or sorry, um, uh, back like your freshman year when you were finishing like a lot higher versus like that senior, like, or the, conference race where like you finished like way worse but it was so special to you like how do you think your perspective changed on like outcome versus like just like the joy and the gratefulness to like race again yeah I think anyone who's been through any sort of injury whether it's you know a fracture or some kind of invisible struggle um will say that they're just happy to be out there when they're able to get back because you really don't realize how much you love something and how much you miss it until you can't do it for six months or a year or whatever it is. Um, So yeah, I think like as hard as it was to go through all that, it really was a blessing in disguise to, you know, be able to have that perspective going forward. And this, I'll, preface it like I was still going through a lot of health issues at this point and kind of going back and forth with different specialists and appointments and all that stuff but I was really out there for fun like enjoying the experience no matter how my body felt and I'm glad that I did that because um after cross country season was when my body really said it was done. Um, my -hmm. symptoms just got to the point where they were impacting my daily life. Um, not just while I was running and I couldn't avoid them. Um, so yeah, I, at that point couldn't even do easy runs anymore. Um, just felt horrible in my body. And at that point realized like I'm doing probably long-term damage to my health by trying to push through this. Um, And mentally, it was just really exhausting me to feel like everything is normal, but I can't even do the bare minimum, like going to class and, you know, walking upstairs felt impossible. Um, So that's, yeah, at that point was when um, I got diagnosed with overtraining syndrome, which is pretty similar to REDS, except for um, REDS actually has to be like kind of excluded before you're diagnosed with overtraining syndrome because overtraining syndrome is truly just exhaustion that can't be made up for with fueling or calories or anything like that. So my body had just, um, yeah, so my body had just been through, um, you know, too much for too long and I never gave it proper time to rest or recover. And I think Jess and I have talked about this, but I think my story is unique in that I never had an injury. Like since I started running in seventh grade, it Mm -hmm. was, what is that? Like 10 years straight of just running with no more than two weeks break at a time in between seasons. And looking back again, not that I wanted to be injured ever, but I think that is almost a forced break that I never had to take. 
So my body by the end was just exhausted. And I finally accepted that around January um, after a pretty like upsetting week of just appointments with specialists trying to explain that I still didn't feel good. Um, I finally accepted that it was time for me to step away for both my mental and physical health. Um, and that's when I medically retired without ever having a visible injury. But I remember saying to um, my doctor, like, I feel like I'm not allowed to medically retire. Like, I don't deserve it. Um, and he looked at me and like glared at me and said, I wouldn't have questioned you a year ago if you tried to medically retire. You absolutely have every right to right now. Um so yeah, that was definitely a wake up call for me saying like, okay, I have tried absolutely everything to save yeah. this career and it was time, you know, to be done. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, that was a long no. story. <laughs> no, like I am, even though I have like been with you through every step of the way, like I still am just in awe of everything that you fought through in college and like still are fighting through which like we haven't even gotten into like the post <laughs> re the post medically retired Jess there was still continuation of all of this but like it's just honestly so crazy um but I mean yeah you definitely like exhausted literally everything that you could have done to come back to running um so you definitely like were so valid in what you like and you probably pushed harder than almost anybody would have in your shoes um but it you are just such a good example that like strength can mean something else other than pushing through um yeah. like you did push through for a while but ultimately the strongest decision and the strongest thing that you ever did was to decide to medically retire and know that enough was enough. Um, so I do want to go back and talk about some of the things, but quickly, like, what was that point when you decided to medically retire where you were like, enough is enough. I'm putting myself like before my running career, like myself as a human comes first. Like, when did you actually decide that and like what was the driving factor and like I'm done yeah um I think it was really a culmination of a lot of you know struggle and hoping and losing hope and you know frustration over the couple of months that preceded that decision um but ultimately it got to the point where I just realized that this wasn't just impacting my running because at that point I was barely running. I was running a couple miles a day, like not really doing workouts, um, not competing in races. I just felt horrible and I felt horrible in my day-to-day -day life. Um, and that was when I realized like, what am I doing to myself? Again, yeah. I had this long-term health focus and I realized that I could be doing damage like that would last and linger down the line not just for the next like three or four months. And I always said like, if I could have felt, you know, all of the symptoms and all the stuff only at practice for two or three hours a day or whatever it was, I would have 
you know, stuck it out till the end and done that last four months. But it was when it started to impact every aspect of my life 24 seven, that I realized that it just wasn't worth the toll it was taking on me. And I really worried about like, not only my long term health, but also like my relationship with running, like I do love running. And I really didn't want to ruin that forever. Like, I wanted to be able to go out and enjoy running, you know, post college, it wasn't just about the NCAA timeline for me, like it wasn't going to be when we came to May and graduated, like it wasn't like I never wanted to run again. Um, And I worried that if I pushed through those next four months, that might be what it came to because I would have just been frustration after frustration, it wasn't going to be that dream, um, you know, season that I had envisioned a couple years back. So that's when it really, um, you know, solidified in my mind, like, it's time um, and I'm ready. Yeah. And I think like the way that you said it started to bleed into your day to day, like regular life, like when you woke up in the morning, like your sleep, like every little thing was impacted by this. Like you just question yourself, like, what am I like, this is not worth it. Like, what am I Mm -hmm. trying to get out there and do? Like, I'm going to get out there and like, I'm doing all this to try to be able to like, what race? Like, because like, what are you even going to get out of racing? Because at that point, it's just like, kind of just disappointment, like we've talked about. But Yeah. yeah, so I yeah, I wanted to touch a lot on like, the a few of the things you just said, but I'm going to backtrack so that we're a little bit in chronological order of your story. So no, as a runner, knowing how runners are and how a lot of our mindsets work, um, like you talked about needing a, almost like a prescription to race or sorry, prescription To to rest. Um, And I think as runners, our mindset is like, I am going to push until the breaking point. And I think our mindset needs to shift to, I'm going to catch myself before the breaking point. Um, So when you kind of were getting that around the time when you were getting that, you know, just being validated and like given the, the sign, like you need to rest. First off, like, how did you do that? But like, do you wish that you stopped sooner? And how do you think that could have like impacted the course of all this? Yeah. Um, I definitely think that over the course of this whole thing, I've become a lot more confident in myself and listening to my body and being able to say like, this is not helping me and this is not working for me. And I do wish that I developed that awareness a little bit earlier because I think when I was, you know, digging myself into that overtraining hole, when I was feeling tired, I wouldn't have written it off as, oh, I'm just getting stronger. I would have seen it as I'm overtraining right now. Um, So in that sense, I do wish that I had kind of been more aware sooner, but I think looking back, I don't have any regrets because I think I learned a lot from all of this. Like it, developed a real passion inside of me for you know fighting for this and changing this for other girls and even guys going forward um but yeah yeah, I definitely think that having that perspective earlier would have saved me yeah and I think both of us would say after our stories that like 
it's like people have asked me the same question like would you change something that you did and it's like well no because I wouldn't be who I am (laughs) today but like you know without that aspect in it it's like yeah your course would have probably been different and as would mine if like we had like changed things sooner and actually like taken action and like not just had the mindset of like oh let me just push through this um so for somebody who so you talked about how like you got to a certain point where like racing you were just going out there to have fun and just for Mm -hmm. joy um after having that experience with racing and just literally going out there and being like fuck it like after everything that you had been through what would you tell somebody who was like the old you racing who probably had so much pre-race anxiety and like so basically somebody who would be racing in like the old Jess's shoes who just like was so consumed by like the results and the outcome and like how every single aspect of the race was gonna go like how would you enlighten them (laughs) yeah I used to get so nervous anyone in my life knows like I would freak out especially like in middle and high school like I would be making myself like sick before a race so nervous um which looking back I'm like why like it was just for fun um but obviously like now I have that perspective but yeah I think I would just tell anyone um in old Jess's shoes to like look around and just like appreciate the experience because I feel like we all know someone who has gone through an injury or has gone through an illness and had to miss time um whether that be ourselves or a teammate or whatever it is and I think unfortunately until you've been through something like that where you do have to step away you don't really understand the perspective of truly like appreciating just being able to get out there and do it um but I think I would tell someone to think of if they were in someone's shoes like that who had to take a break what they would feel like because I think we get caught up in oh like it's just every single day practice and doing the same thing over and over again. But there's little moments that I know, like when I wasn't able to train or compete, like literally just catching up with my teammates on easy runs and like telling stupid stories. Like you just really don't realize how important that is to you until you don't have it. And even like the pre-race, like huddle, yeah, maybe it's filled with a lot of anxiety, but like you're out there, like, huddled with your best friends like hands on each other's backs like all committed to one goal so I think like trying to find the little joys and the little things that aren't gonna be there forever and that could really be taken away quickly um with an illness or an injury really being aware of them and appreciating them is my advice yeah I like just like the awareness of like all the little things that are like joyful and simple and just like bring you happiness because it's like we're so caught up in like every other thing other than that but like pay attention to like how much you love the people around you pay attention to like the beautiful like course that you get to race on like usually it's like the fall and like the trees are beautiful and like all those things but I love that advice um so I like want to highlight and just like validate 
I mean, you already know you're validated, but also validate anybody else who like has something similar or related to this invisible injury and just that it's like just as valid as any sort of physical injury. And this also includes like a mental injury as well. Like I know like there was like a back and forth on like for you, like, oh, is this a mental thing or a physical thing? And you definitely kind of we we figured out like it was definitely originating from a physical thing that had such a mental toll. So I want to talk about um, just validating every single aspect of this, like, and especially the mental toll that a physical injury ailment or something has on you. Um, So kind of like the mental health aspect. So my question is, how does it feel And what is your advice for people who have a health problem or a physical injury and their hope just keeps going up and down and up and down? Because I feel like you were getting literally like slammed across like I'm just imagining someone like literally like throwing you from one side of a room (laughs) to another, like just like slamming you like down, but then like giving you hope. And then there was like such a back and forth. So like. And a lot of people feel such a mental toll with things like this, um, like physical ailments, chronic pain, like it could literally help like help someone in so many categories. But how do you deal with your hope just like fluctuating so much? Yeah, that's a really good um, description of how it felt, (laughs) flinging back and forth across the room. Um, But yeah, I think think hope is a really hard thing. Like I said, I think when I was telling kind of the details of my story, in the beginning, I was so hopeful. Like every doctor's appointment I had or every break I took, I was like, this is it. Like this is going to be the end. And I think um, now fast forward to like, what, two years later, I, spoiler alert, I'm still dealing with a lot of the same issues, um, even though I ended up stopping running. But I think at this point, not that I'm not hopeful, but I've definitely put up a little bit of a barrier, I think, um, and realized that I'm not going to get too hopeful, but I'm also not going to lose hope. I think it's a fine balance when you are going through um, an injury or an illness, especially with our health system today. Everything, I have nothing against like doctors or nurses. I think they're all so overworked and they're trying to do so much. But as a patient, when it's all consuming for you 24-7, you're dealing with these symptoms. It's really easy to feel like, they don't care about me or like, I'm never going to get better. So I think something that's helped me is getting hopeful that there is going to be a light at the end of the tunnel, but not thinking that it's going to be this one day or this one, Mm -hmm. you know, appointment and realizing like, yeah, it does suck to have to deal with these things and giving yourself the space to feel like, feel those feelings and realize yeah yeah, like realize that that. like give yourself the space to feel like fucking shit (laughs) like yeah but then like what am I gonna do about this and like how am I gonna find my silver lining and like find my positive twist and like exactly I feel like you 
are able to turn your story into something super meaningful and like help a lot of people um and it just like ignited such a passion in you and like I feel like that is like a light um that just like separates like what you're going through uh from like I don't know it just like separates you from like the outcome that you want related to Mm -hmm. what you're dealing with into like a mindset of like okay like there's another outcome from this and it's like maybe it's like slightly positive (laughs) like I don't know yeah it's it's so hard though like it's like I feel like every one of our phone calls about this would be like me (laughs) trying to give something positive but being but then just being like but it's so fucking hard and I totally (laughs) validate why you're feeling the way you do it's just like mental fatigue is so real and I think that like I'm not trying to say don't have hope (laughs) I'm just saying like I think in the beginning I was swinging on that hope pendulum from like so high to so low like when I was like extremes down yeah um and something that's also really helped me is recognizing like with a chronic you know illness or injury or whatever it might be it's okay to take a break like it's okay to say, like, honestly, right now I'm kind of on a break. Like, do I have a lot of symptoms? Yeah. But am I really trying to do anything about them? Yeah. Not really. Like just a break from dealing with it. Like, I'm just going to put yeah. this aside and like do my best to just like live my goddamn life. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's okay. Like whether that be a couple days, a week, a month, like it's okay to just stop trying to fix it like stop trying to go to doctors stop trying to take new medicine stop trying to do whatever it is and just like exist and find joy and fill that time with other things because it is so time consuming to like and it can be all can be all consuming like I remember like how I would get with like injuries and like I would obsess over pain and like obsess over every little thing that I felt and it was so mentally draining and I would do that whether I was training or completely out of training and I think a lot of that too is like when you're so wrapped up in your physical injury or ailment and how it's tied to your sport and the outcome of that and like how you're going to perform that is the point where I think me and you have both stepped out of that box and just been like I need to like put myself first and like honestly just forget about like the outcome and like whatever result I'm gonna have like on the track or on the cross-country course like and I think that's when like you were able to switch to just like fuck it I'm going out there and just running for fun and kind of like I had the same mindset because it's just like if you keep like holding on so tightly to like what this outcome is going to be and how every little ache and pain like is going to contribute to that you will drive yourself completely mad like it's just not worth it and I think we both realize that like what we run in college like it's just like in the grand scheme of things like yeah what does it mean like this is more about our personal journey and like how we're growing into who we are and like that is going to leave such a bigger lasting impact than like the fact that I ran a 503 mile in college like great 
(laughs) it's more about the journey. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So I guess I have like two more questions. Um, So kind of what we were just saying, like both of us have stories where our college careers evolved to go nothing like we expected them to when we came in freshman year. Um, So what is like the really like challenging part about that? Like what's the part that just makes you like sad, but also the silver lining? Um, Because I just feel like a lot of people can relate to like just like things not going the way they expected them to go. Yeah, I feel like a lot of probably more than not, people are going to say that their experiences didn't go the way that they envisioned them to go. Um, Like I envisioned running all four years and, you know, steadily progressing, not like peaking sophomore year and then kind of this perfect linear line that never exists. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think we all go in with a lot of expectations and, you know, hopes and dreams. And I think those are good to have, but it's also good to recognize that those things can shift and change depending on what's going on, not only in training and sport, but also in life. Like we both had hard majors, like you were nursing and I was education. Like I had to go through student teaching. We had a lot of time demands and, you know, mental demands outside of just running. And I think it's really easy to think, oh, I'm just going to, you know, go to college and have all this time and be able to do everything perfectly. And then when you get there, realize that is not how it's going to go. But yeah, I think my like advice for anticipating, you know, what college is going to be like is to have goals and have dreams, but also recognize that they're probably going to look different from year to year and they're going to shift and change and evolve and that's okay. And on that silver lining piece, like looking for those little things, those little joys, whether it be like team dinners or team like bonding activities, or even just like seeing beautiful places that you get to travel and run Mm -hmm. Um, focus on those things. And I think that, you'll appreciate the experience a lot more when it's not so tied to an outcome. Because I think both of us at one point were so tied to outcomes and our goals were very time oriented and pace oriented. And I think both of us had that shift where it became about running for a feeling and feeling like we were going out there and being joyful and appreciative and having, you know, that sense of pushing ourselves, but it wasn't tied to a time. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, so lastly, um, before we kind of wrap up is just like in like, I know it's hard to keep it short, but like one to like three sentences, like what is your biggest takeaway from your story? Like what's the driving point that like you are just like most passionate about that you just want to be like, yeah, this is the drive home. Like, this is what I'm so like, this is what I want to get across to everybody who's listening. I would say, you know, your body, like that is something that I struggled with so much was trusting that I knew something wasn't right in my body, because it's so easy to go around and 
you know, you look fine on the outside, maybe your labs come back normal, but you don't feel fine. And like, it took me so long to get to the point where I'm like, gonna challenge people who tell me that I am fine when I don't feel good. Like, I think we get so wrapped up in like, oh, I have to check this box. I have to, you know, have this thing. I have to have a visible injury to be valid in like what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. But you don't, like, if you don't feel okay mentally or physically, like that's valid and you're the only one who can decide that. Um, And I really wish that more people were confident in being able to say that and also were more educated. Like you and I, like we didn't know about reds or overtraining or anything like that, like going in. And that's ultimately why we ended up doing so much harm to our bodies. So something that I'm really passionate about is like educating girls, like know that not getting your period is not normal. Know that feeling completely exhausted and not being able to walk up the stairs to class is not just tiredness from training like there's something deeper and you know in your gut when you're not right and I think leaning into that and being able to say like no I'm not okay and being able to do something about it is really strong and something I wish all girls and even guys could be able to do yeah oh I love it (laughs) oh my god Oh, and I guess I just want to add like one more thing, like, because Jess and I talked about this before the podcast, but like, just like the importance of finding your people and finding your community, whether you like experience something like we did, I guess, or have like a relatively, you know, you're just like going strong, I guess, um, like finding your people and finding the community that like just elevates you and gets you through is just it's just so important like Jess and I have gotten each other through so much um even though our stories are each so different and like have very unique parts about them like we're both learning like the exact same lessons which just says something you know like (laughs) It yeah. it makes me think that we're on to something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hopefully. But yeah, I also agree so much with like the lack of education. Like there are literally so many things like in the in my I guess like downfall <laughs> where I was just like if only I knew this or if only I knew that. Like if only I knew that this was such a problem. Or knew that, like, I was harming my body. Like, so much would have been different. But I do think education is getting better. Yeah. And I think we play a role in that, too. Like, as teammates or, you know, alumni of our programs. Like, being able to talk to the younger girls or even, like, our peers. Like, I know I learned so much just from talking to you or talking to friends um, who had Mm -hmm. been through like you said, similar things, you don't have to go through, like everyone's story is going to be different, but a lot of runners, especially like female runners are going through similar variations of these struggles. So So true. Cause it it all can string from the culture that exists in running that we are trying to change. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, well, I guess we're going to wrap it up. Um, 
But Jess, thank you so, 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 so much <laughs> for coming on and being the first guest on Run on Thought. This was literally so fun. Like, I actually cannot wait to have more people on. Um, I'll have to have you back and we can like dive super deep into like something more specific or maybe ask, ask the audience what they want to hear from us. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, I always have the best combos with you. But um, anyone can always reach out to us. Both of us are open books and love yeah. to talk, which is why we're probably we're an hour and four minutes in. So that, <laughs> um, and I feel like we could go for like two more. But um, yeah. but yeah, thank you so much, and thank you to everybody who is listening to this. Yes, thank you so much. This was so fun. We always say our conversations should have been recorded. Recorded! I know! And now it is! Finally! We're going to listen back on this when we're like 50 or like 80 (laughs) or like on our deathbeds and be like, what the fuck? (laughs) I love it. Oh, me too. Okay, well, see you next time on Run On Thought. Thank you, guys. Bye.